Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the award-winning, top-charting No Bad Dogs podcast with your host, Tom Davis. And uh, this is a great podcast, you guys. Um, uh, this is this is going to fall under uh, the confidence-building, fear-based, uh, I won't walk. Um, it's also really interesting behaviorally because this is a dog that was a working dog. It's a, um, a Rhodesian Ridgeback that was working on lure coursing and things like that. And now it's being placed in a pet home. Um, so there's a lot of like very good behavioral breaks down, breakdowns between uh, the owner and I kind of like proofing out, well, I have a working dog and I want it to be a pet. What are my expectations? What are our things? You know, what are the things that we should be doing uh, and all that other fun stuff. So anyway, um, we're going to get into that podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. And as always, I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions specifically at the end of the podcast. It's my way to give back and um, appreciate you for your review to help this uh, podcast continue to grow. If you guys are on Spotify and you're listening, and this is beneficial at all, it's absolutely for free. We put hours and hours and hours and hours a week into this podcast. Do me a solid favor and leave a review. If you want to head over to the iTunes review chart and you're listening to this there, I can I can answer your specific dog training questions in the review area there. Um, so go ahead and uh, do that if you guys wish. And, uh, and we got a couple questions about the e-collar petition ban and the link not working um, for some reason the last couple episodes. So the link in the description below is working if you guys want to sign the petition to um, kind of fight back against uh, these dog lovers who are trying to get rid of the remote collar usage in California and in New York State. Uh, and it'll also really... Uh, just crush a lot of dog owners who are having significant problems with recall and living that off-leash life and, of course, getting dogs getting hit by cars and all these tragic things that um, some of these lobbyists and some of these people just have no idea uh, really, you know, what they could be doing. And I think it's just a conversation to put in your reviews and your, your usage of a remote caller. There's an area for that. And then, of course, just sign the petition to help uh, us fight against um, what's happening. It would be devastating to hundreds of thousands of dogs over the years and um it you know it wouldn't really affect me it would just affect my clients which would suck you know because you guys work really hard at developing um modern remote collar training and it's become so far i think people are trying to pass a you know anyway there's a whole podcast on it it's uh i forget the number of the episode it's maybe 153 it's uh it's labeled i got some really good news and some really bad news so go over and check it out uh make sure you guys listen to the end of the podcast i'm be answering three of your dog training questions and enjoy Good morning. Hey, good morning. This is Tom. How are you? Um, I just need some new tools uh, from with my new dog. She's my seventh dog, and I've never had a dog that was so hard to train. Okay. Um, uh, she's four years old. I bought her about two years ago. Uh, she was kept as a kept in a barn with her other pack mates, and she was used for lure coursing. So she really wasn't a pet uh, per se. She wasn't housebroken, so she's okay housebroken now. Um, my main goal um, is to be able to get her to want to go for a walk with me. Okay. Um, she'll, she'll go if I have a friend, and especially if a friend brings a dog with us. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think she might be used to being in a pack. Um, uh, so that's my main goal for our session today. And then also um, she's a little nervous to go to new places. So I have a hard time getting her out of the car, uh, for instance, to get her nails trimmed. Mm -hmm. um, I've tried to get her to go into like tractor supply with me at like a smaller store. Uh, Home Depot lows way too much uh, for her. Um, just to walk around a parking lot is very fearful for her. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if I'm just trying to teach her too late in the game. Or are there some tools that you can help me out with? Okay. And how, so how old is she now then? Uh, she just turned four yesterday. Okay. And w I know that you said that she was used for lure coursing and things like that. So what breed is she? She's a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Okay, cool. And Sorry. she's my fifth one. She's my fifth one. So I'm pretty familiar with the breed. Okay. All right, so going to new places, going for a walk, becoming a pet. Yeah, she's very good with me. She loves to cuddle. She's she's loyal to me. Mm -hmm. She looks up. She you know she makes eye contact with me if she's unsure. 
yeah. uh, just to get that reassurance. Um, I do kennel her when we go away. She's, um, you know, she's just starting to jump out of the car when we go there and she wags her tail and says hello to the owner. But if she doesn't know you, she's very, very, um, she doesn't, she lacks a little confidence, I would say, okay. with new people. All right. So how to build confidence in a dog that uh, isn't necessarily bred or brought up to be a pet. Um, In my experience, Rhodesians are also very um, selective about who they like. We've had a handful of them in our um, daycare over the years. I don't do daycare anymore myself personally, but when I was running daycare at my facility, the Rhodesians are like so selective about who they like. And same thing with like in training too. They're very like one handler oriented. And if they don't know you, they simply don't care about you or they're afraid of you. So that's just my experience with them so far. But I know that that's not all of them. Um, And of course, you're going against all the years of being a working dog and not a pet. So social is all the fundamental things and the imprinting that puppies need to grow up to be a confident dog and to desensitize to things to become, you know, a pet or whatever wasn't there. It was that this dog was um, used for a particular thing. And now that particular thing isn't there. And so there's this innate natural uh, expectation, of course, that we have to have, which I know that you know about. Um, but at the same time, I think it's it's something that you can do, but you have to have realistic expectations. So you have her, she's got, she loves you. She's probably got stranger danger to new people. You bring her to public places. It's too much for her unless you go to a quieter place. What is what is your overall expectation as far as like granule, like this is what I want to see out of her? I know we want to get her confident. I know where we wanted to get her more environmentally sound, but what would you like to see actually? Um, <clears throat> I have to say that I'm not one to force someone to be something that they're not. Mm-hmm. So if this dog never goes for a walk with me, I guess I can get over that. Um, but I... I would really like her to have more confidence and I really would love for her to go for a walk with me. Okay. Got you. And, and by the way, because she, because she was trained to be a lure forcing dog, uh, there's a company called Swift Paws. I don't know if you know, I don't know if you know Megan, um, but they sell lure forcing sets for your backyard. So I have one of those. So she actually gets to have fun doing that. It's amazing. Um, which she enjoys, like she jumps out of her skin when I say, let's go outside. Um, <laughs> so, but um, I also, I also don't want her to get bored. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, maybe I'm not being realistic. I really think like a Rhodesian Ridgeback is a scent hound and a sight hound. And my other four dogs love to go out and explore new things. So once she's outside our yard and walking down our road, um, mm-hmm. She'll start sniffing around, but it doesn't bring her the joy that I see other dogs. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I do. You know, because most dogs love to go for a walk because it's, you know, new sights and new sounds and new smells. Mostly the smells. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think with, Um, with working dogs, it's, they're so routinely based, like they're very conditioned where they get up and they do a thing and then that's their day and they love that. And that's what most dogs probably should be doing in in some degrees, especially some working breeds. But yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. So let's crack down on the walking a little bit. My suggestion, and I don't, again, I don't know what you've done yet. So I'm just going to throw some ideas out to you is I would put the dog in some sort of drive because I, I don't think it's realistic to go out and have this dog be like, oh, I love outside. And, I, and I'm and i not saying that you do either. I'm just saying I, I think what we should look for is the idea of going for a walk with our dog is is good for us. It's good for the, the dog, obviously. But again, like the dog is looking at the walk as a pointless thing because... Yes, agree. It's, it's like 
why are we out here walking on this leash when I'm used to sprinting, you know, 15 miles per hour after this fake thing, you know, or whatever. It's like, it's so boring probably to them or they don't see the point because it's like, why would I go out and, and collect these pennies when in the backyard or in my course, I get all these hundred dollar bills. This is just silly. So what I would suggest is do the absolute best you can to get the dog into some sort of drive. And of course we have a prey drive. That's what lure coursing is. Uh, so if there's a toy or there's a tug toy or there's something that the dog really likes, that's what I would be doing is I would kind of transition the dog outside with that drive or with food. Hmm. But I just would assume. Maybe I could, maybe I could set, set this lure course scene instead of a, in a circle just to straight, just to get her out, just to get her out of the, our backyard. Yeah. Is That's, that what you're suggesting? Yeah, <laughs> you, you kind of have to, yeah, I, I am suggesting that, yes, is, so again, going outside on the traditional walk for her, she's like, what is this? Why are we doing this? And so, again, I think it's like a, a working type of thing. And my dog, my Dutch Shepherd's the same way. If there's not work involved, it's absolutely pointless. Like she's not a pet. Perfect example is yesterday we went and got the family Christmas tree, you know, did the whole thing. And uh, my in-laws, or not my in-laws, but my wife was like, hey, do you want to bring Lakota? I was like, no. I was like, she's not going to enjoy that. Like my St. Bernard and my other dogs in the past would have loved that because they like going out. They like exploring. They like seeing people. They like that. But my working dog does not. She's like, she would, she would have been so bored. She would have been, she would have went that she doesn't want to see other dogs. She doesn't care about other people. She doesn't care about the photo shoots. You know, she just wants to work and it would have been totally a waste of time. She'd better off just be sleeping until we get back. So my, I guess mm-hmm. my point by saying that is, is you have to put her into drive because if you wanted her to have a good time you would say hey here's a tug here's a ball here's food and so transitioning her outside so simply put you would want to create that drive in that work outside just as like right now when she's on the lower course she's working she's thinking she's chasing she's prey driven so you would have to transition that outside and then you would be able to get your walks a little bit better outside when you're on a walk with her, does she simply just not care about it or does she not want to actually physically walk? What's the holdup? I almost sent you a picture. She just sits down. She defiantly sits down. And I, so what I do is I pick her up, mm-hmm. uh, turn her around, and I point her in the direction I want to walk. And she'll walk maybe 20 or 30 feet, sometimes longer. And then she'll sit down and pick her up and I'll turn her around Tell her, let's go this way, and we'll walk a little bit further, and we do that the entire walk. Okay. She's not food, she's not food motivated, so if I bring a special treat yeah. and give it to her after she walks, I try to feed her. She's not interested in that. Yeah. Uh, and I've tried different types of collars and different types of leashes. Um, I haven't tried – I do have a 50-foot leash that I thought I would try just to give her a little bit more freedom, but yeah. I don't think it's the freedom that she's looking for. Yeah, she's just looking um, for a job, I think. Yeah, I think she needs a job. I'm not, I've never had to have a Ridgeback need a job before. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, um, I did get, I did hire a trainer to come walk with us one day, and the trainer came filled, the pockets were filled with stinky, smelly stuff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. peas and pepperoni and stuff. And all it did was make my dog sick. She walked, but it, then my, then the dog was sick for two days. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to feed her, you know, all this yeah. stuff that, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 totally. She's re- and she's relatively good if a friend comes over with their dog. Yeah. I just, I just don't want to have to have an appointment. So I think I'll try that. Uh, the set the lure course up along the driveway because we have a very long driveway and we live in the woods. Cool. So it's not like it's, so we don't go straight out onto a busy road. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so what other what other job, or so to speak, would you give a dog that lure coursing? Say it again. You broke up just a little, little bit. What what other what other work, so to speak, would there be for a dog that likes lure coursing? Well, I it's really developing a picture. It's kind of a it's like when you do any type of uh, let's say like bite work with the dog. 
you know, any type of uh, IGP or, uh, you know, ring sports, French ring, the bite stuff, right? It's a development. It's like, hey, this is your toy. Okay, now this toy is a tug. It went from a rag to a tug to on a string. Now it's back on somebody's sleeve, and then now it's on somebody's. There's there's all this development with drive, and it takes time to develop these drives. It's some dogs are like a like you see a kitten right, and you do a laser pointer, or you do like a little ball, and the cat just starts wiggling his butt and like crouching down. Nobody taught the cat how to do that. The cat instinctually just says. This is what makes me happy. <laughs> I love I love right. killing and chasing. That's a prey drive, right? Dogs have this. Some dogs have the same prey drive. You you'll see that pretty pretty uh, quickly with certain dogs, uh, border collies, Australian shepherds. Um, just the dogs that are just crouching, hunting, etc. So you have to develop these drives as you as you um, I guess go with your dog, if you will. And so a dog that is strict because your dog is on a one track mind, quite literally, yeah. it's white thing and the little ghost moves. I chase it. So you have to, uh, break apart the drive to other things. So if you can manually say, Hey, you know, that white thing that you chase back and forth, that's super fun. I'm going to try to recreate that with this tug or this ball on a rope or whatever. And because the dog already has a natural prey drive, I mean, treats are good. Um, but again, you know, there's, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And pumping your dog full of an, an Italian deli is the absolute wrong way to do it. It doesn't do you any good. It only causes massive diarrhea and an upset stomach. So I, I would just suggest because you already have this really natural prey drive and if you want to build that confidence with the dog is you would teach the dog um, outside of the context of uh, – so maybe inside uh, wherever the dog is super comfortable to say, hey, look at this. Put it on a long line. So let's – I'm just giving you an example. You get a tug toy. You get a ball and a rope. You get whatever. You throw it out there on a 15-foot long line and you start – Zip it across the yeah. zip it across the yard and woo, that's exciting. That's what I'm used to. So, so I, so I, not 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 to discount you, but I've done that. I have a stick. Yeah. And it's got a long, it's got a long thing on it, you know, long rope on it, and then I can throw it out like a fishing line and mm-hmm. wiggle it in front of her, and she chases it for like maybe a minute, and then she looks at me like this is the dumbest thing we've ever done. Yeah. And I and I I wonder if if um. She doesn't like to be like some dogs love a high squeaky voice, you know, to get them excited. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't. She doesn't like that. She's she's more of a calm. Let's go outside, you know, a little bit of excitement, but not a lot of excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder. I kind of wonder if that's like too much for her. I don't know. And and I, you know, I'm perfectly happy with her being the way she is. If she doesn't ever want to go for a walk, mm-hmm. I would just like to build her confidence. Like right now, she's standing in the doorway looking at all the squirrels and stuff outside but when you open up the door she doesn't necessarily want to run out after them yeah no i understand yeah Yeah, so you're and and again it's it's tough to say like sometimes you have to work on whatever your dog likes you also have to fast them on the things that they love in order to build drive because if you're going out in the in the evening and doing lower courses and throughout the day you're trying to say hey pay attention to this instead she's just gonna sit there and wait she's like nope ready for the lure. So, so I I don't know. I mean, you have to get really creative to try to figure out what is going to help your dog drive into things. That's your goal. That's your job. Yeah. Is it negative? Is it negative training, so to speak, to have her out on this lure course? We probably go out four times a day. You're only supposed to let, you're not supposed to let them run for more than a minute and a half, but I go two minutes. Mm Mm-hmm in the yard and then we go back to it and then we come inside and wait a few hours go back out again because it brings her such joy yeah you know and then i think to myself on the winter she doesn't want to go for a walk because mm. she's got this boy she's got this great course in her backyard so why does she need to go out for a walk exactly yeah that's tough. So she's had size she's had all the exercise she needs yeah um, well i i to be to be honest, I, I don't. It's not it's not uh, hurting your relationship. I don't think, but it's not helping the. <laughs> let's do the walk instead. Uh, obviously, for exactly like you just said, why why go out for a walk that I don't enjoy when I can just like it's literally the same thing with my dog. If I come out to my front area here, we live in a cul de sac. So if I come out front 
And I'm like, hey, let's go for a walk. She's like, no, just throw the ball. Just throw the ball. Just throw the ball. I don't want to walk. I just want to throw the ball. So if I was like, no, we're going to go for a walk, she would literally pout the whole time until she saw our house again. She'd run up to the house and she'd just sit there with the look at the ball, look at the chuck it, look at the ball, look at the chuck it. That's, that's just what she wants to do. But um, so I, I think, but but again, like that doesn't mean she won't walk. She'll walk. And once she's away from the house and the ball, she's like, okay, we're out for a walk. So I also think that there's, more of handling things that you can do because like I said before, there is, there's not going to be anything that we can do to decrease the lure drive because she's literally been packed full of dynamite to say, chase, 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 chase. So you're never going to be able to decrease that. But what you can do is say, Hey man, tough cookies, we're going for a walk. And you have to have that mental switch to say like, let's go out, let's have fun. Let's go out, let's have fun. And if she just doesn't want to do it, you also have to be able to cut that off and just say, Hey, this is what we're doing. Like, this isn't a conversation. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, this is, we are going to go for a walk. And sometimes once you get those gears starting to go, it's easier for the dog to just jump into position, um, and, and get into that walk. So that's the other thing too, is of course your dog wants to just go out back and chase the lure. Like my dog always wants to just go play Frisbee or chuck it. But there's also times where I'm like, hey, like we just did a photo shoot. I'm like, yep, we're going to go do this. We're going to go do this. And she's like, oh, okay. So you have to also put her into a position to be successful too where she can't say no. Because right now if you're like, let's go for a walk and she puts on the brakes and says, I want to go out back and do the lure course instead, that conversation you'll never win because she'll always choose that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, and I, and I try really, I won't say I'm 100% effective, but I'm probably 80% effective of saying I'm the human, you're the dog, they're going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I might not get a full walk, but I do get her down to the end of our lane, which is about, I would say, three quarters of a mile. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I say, well, that's, that that's progress. And we turn around and go back. But mm-hmm. I don't give her and I don't necessarily uh, I just bring her into the house. We don't go to we don't go to do the lower course scene afterwards. I just you know just bring her into the house and let her take a nap. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily want to use the lower coursing as a as a reward mm-hmm. for doing the walk, but I maybe I should. Um, well, I, I think that yeah. that will encourage her to pull even harder back to the house because she knows that she's. Yeah, going me too. To... Right. Yeah. Okay. So I and just. Do you think it's better to to take her? Because we we live in an area of Connecticut where it's really wooded and it's, I could walk for hours and not see anybody. Is it better to walk for someplace away from the house as opposed to starting the walk at the house? Like uh, drive somewhere and park yeah. and, and get out and walk? Yeah, I would. I would. That's, that's the type of stuff you have to start doing. You have to start getting creative to see what works, to just break down this work. Like she's just, she's used to waking up, getting that coffee, driving to work, going to work, going home. Like that's what she's used to. She's in this belt and this loop and that's what she loves. And you have to break it. Uh, well, you don't have to, but trying to break it to make her quality of life a little bit better and focus on some other things. But again, um, when she's putting on the brakes and stuff like that, there's there's things that you can do to help push her forward and move her forward. Um so what equipment is she on right now when you're out walking her? Uh, she has, um, I can never remember the name of the collar, but it's just a Clark Mar- collar. Martingale. Sort of, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and just a eight-foot leash. Okay. So one thing that I have found really helpful is just kind of toggle between different tools to see what works. One thing that works really well, we had this... Um, this lady came in recently for an out-of-state program with her dog and she wanted to build confidence and she had a harness on a dog and uh, I don't care what people use at all. It's just when people want certain results, we have to then move to different pieces of tool because we can't use a hammer to screw something in. It just doesn't work. It's not built for that. It's not made for that. It's not designed for that. You're wasting your time. So the dog would put on the brakes. She would kind of stop. She would then stop. She'd say, come on. She'd talk to the dog and then try to pull the dog. And then the dog would just say no. So her entire ability to say, no, this we're, we're going to the dentist. We're going for this walk. We're going to the store. We're going to school. Just completely moved away. So two things is the com- the dog's confidence was getting diminished because the dog was making every single decision in the owner dog life. 
every single decision was predicated off of how the dog wanted to do what the dog emotionally felt like doing, whether it was real or not. If the dog was like, I don't want to go outside, it's cold. Okay, fine. We don't go outside or whatever. That's, that was kind of like the blend of their relationship. And of course that's not a good way to build confidence because dogs do not like being in charge. And once they realize that they're in charge, whether they like it or not, that's where insecurity, reactivity, anxiety, all that stuff comes into play because they just, they're living with somebody who doesn't speak the same language and they're terrified. So you, we switch to a, a slip leash and we just use a slip leash on a longer line and we just turned our back and we just started walking forward and the dog jumped forward. I've done that hundreds of times, but we've done it a um, handful of times on some really good uh, videos. And it's really, really helpful to just, because that's what happens is the dog puts on the brakes. We add pressure. The dog flips you off and says, I don't care about this pressure. And then we sit there and we virtually have this conversation of, come on, let's go for a walk. Come on. My suggestion is get a longer line on, get like a slip collar or like a prong collar or plastic pinch collar or something, and just give the dog a little bit of pressure as you're moving forward. And then the dog will jump into position and catch up with you typically. Okay. And uh, so are you suggesting a, by a slip collar, like a, like one of those chain link collars? I don't really like the chains. They don't, they don't stay in place okay. ever. Um, I just, you can make your own slip collar. You could get a slip leash and attach a longer line to it. Or... Okay. I have, I have a slip leash. It's leather. It, it's, um, I got, I, we have one of those. Yeah. So, so what can... I'm going to do is walk with her. And when she doesn't want to just give it a little tug. And yeah. Yeah. No, you don't want to keep it taut. You, you want to go in and out with it. So, um, when you're correcting a dog, uh, you want to like pressure in, pressure out, pressure in, like you're tapping on somebody's shoulder. So it's pressure in, yeah, pressure so like out. I used to, yeah. That's why I taught my other dogs to heal. Yeah, exactly. So same thing, right? You just okay. turn your back to her and just kind of walk and say, all right, see, you. it's kind of like when kids are throwing a fit or getting upset and the mom yeah, and exactly. dad are like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. And then they run, they run, you know? kind of what yeah. you're doing uh she's like hey i don't want to do this and you're like well i'm doing it without you and then they typically like really almost i'd say 80 percent of the time they just jump right in the position they're like don't leave um but again like, so, you like so yeah go ahead so when so when she when so when she uh walking her three feet and she sits down i tell her to i give her a command normally i use here i don't use heel i use here here Mm-hmm. tug tug on the leash on her slip collar walk away from her and just keep my back towards her and you think she'll walk towards me eventually yeah i do i do yeah okay i but i but again okay. i i also think that you have to do it right like to say it and play it out is you know and actually executing it are two different things but yeah, because right now when when she here's the thing is if you have a dog and they're putting on the brakes whether they whatever the reason doesn't matter. And you, if it's fear-based, if it's, I'd rather just uh, stay here and play with my friends. If it's, I'm afraid of the cars, whatever. If you don't have the ability to help push them through this non-scary thing, and it's really not scary, here's the difference is because when you're asking your dog to literally walk with you on a sidewalk in a not Manhattan, (laughs) and they're like, no, I can't, and we don't really push them like, no, we have to, then again, you're enabling the dog to, and we could talk all the day about like, oh, well, the dog needs to make the decision and the dog will make the decision, but you have to make it so they understand that they don't have a choice. And once they go into position and once they get into gear, it's kind of like putting oil on the tin man. They're like, I can't, okay, maybe I can. And then boom, you're like fluidity. So Yes, but you have to add enough pressure to the dog in order for them to jump into gear. So you'll have to toggle between different uh, collar and leash setups in order to. Okay. Yeah. So I, I would so just give suggest it a, give that it a, a couple tries. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, I would just put the slit high and tight, nice and snug right behind the ears put the long line on and just start walking. And then if you feel a little bit of pressure, you're just going to tug back and forth. Dunk, 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 dunk. The dog jumps into position. Good job. Let's go. And you just, no big deal. And you keep moving forward. That's worked for me almost every single time. And then if it doesn't work with the slip, I typically just go to a prong collar 
and the prong collar yeah. will allow us to evenly distribute that pressure. So it's going to be a safer collar throughout this whole process because the dog is never going to get choked. The dog is never going to be in a situation where they can fight it and fight it and fight it. It's just adding a little bit more pressure in order for the dog to move forward. And once they realize and you break down that barrier of, I think I can, I think I can, then it just, it goes away. We just did this with that dog I was telling you about, my out-of-state. She could not walk, could not go forward, or would not go forward. And we switched to like a slip collar, and I just taught the – because the owner was like, oh, but I feel bad. And she she just was very – she was thinking about it very human emotionally. And I was like, if you – this is why your dog is insecure. This is why your dog won't get better. If you live in that environment mentally where you – it's not about us. It's about the dog. And for them to shut down by literally walking forward and then us enabling is sh- is ruining any opportunity for them to become a confident dog. So, okay, I'll give I'll give that a couple tries and I'll try different techniques. Yeah, and um, then the other thing I would say is what I would be doing is is getting creative uh, to try to t- try to take off that lure object and start using that outside as like a as like a ploy as well as a reward or just like just just getting over that like that hump because because right now the dog is like i don't want to move and you as a handler have no option you have you have no leverage done Mm -hmm. so you have to so you try to be as you want to use the least amount of force ever possible but yeah. it's, a, it's the same thing with working with horses or any, it's like, sometimes you don't have a choice. You have to say, no, this is where we're going. Come on. And when you're working with dogs, you want to get as creative as you possibly can to kind of flip the script and get them to start moving. And once they start moving, they're going to, they're either going to do one of two things. They're going to say, oh, this isn't so bad at all. Or they're going to say, oh, I'm not afraid of what I thought I was afraid of. And that's typically how it goes. Okay. <clears throat> So just so I, I'm going to repeat what you told me, correct uh-huh. me if I didn't hear it right. Yeah. Um, take away the lure coursing. Don't do it at all or just do it a lot less. Or only do it in the afternoon and try to get her to walk in the mornings. Yeah, I, I would just I would just kind of, I, I don't know. I, I think that she, she wants it and she will do really good with, um, she'll do really great with, uh, with the lure coursing as like an outlet. But again, like you have to try to figure out like where to put it in the dog's life, I guess. Yeah. I don't really know how else. Maybe I do do use it as a reward. Yeah. 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 I would just be, uh, yeah. I would just like when you come back, not like immediately, you know, put the dog on to certain things and, uh, no, bring her in the house. And then like I've been doing, I bring her in the house and wait maybe 20 or 30 minutes. And then we go out and run around. Yeah. Yeah, because this dog, this dog does not tire out. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's. Uh, I mean, she sleeps like a ridgeback, like any dog does. She sleep, but if she's, she loves to be outside. It does, except when it's pouring down rain, which I'm okay with. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's what I would and do. What about, okay, so I'll, I'll try that. That's helpful. Actually, I thought that's what you were going to tell me to do anyway. Was I didn't, I didn't have the technique about the slip collar and the prong collar, um, so that's helpful. <laughs> And what about um, getting more confident around people? When we first got her, she was fine. And then about a month later, we'll come into the house, she started to be um, uh, aggressive is too strong of a word, but I'll just use it. So I had a trainer come in and he taught me the no talk, no look, no touch technique. Mm-hmm. And, and now and now she's, I would say she's 95% fine with new people coming into the house. She loves people that she knows now. Um but uh, every once in a while, I, I think she can tell somebody that's not a dog lover. Yeah, for sure. And she and she uh, she's not. A, she'll just she has a little place where she sleeps, and if you go near her, she just puts a little growl on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. Or do you think I should get her to stop doing that? No, I think it's, it's more. It's, I think it's appropriate. Again, like you're taking a you're taking a a street dog basically and putting it into a different life. And they're just going to be a little bit more clear. Yeah. Yeah, she's clear. <laughs> yeah. Yep. She's very clear. And we just had a three-year-old and a four-year-old, and I think she was okay. She didn't like it when the kids got into her face, and I tried. You know, it's really hard to keep kids away from dogs, but we did our did our best. Yeah. Um. When she when she goes to the kennel, 
uh, and she's been going for two years now. Um, she's yet to go out of out of her little cubby, if you will, and play with the other dogs. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm okay with that. I don't think I'm going to change that. Yeah, well, uh, because she, because she, I think she's just not. I don't, I don't think she's trusting the people watching that are in the yard. I don't know. Yeah, could be. You can't. It's it, dogs playing is is a very natural thing, and you can't force it. And if they're like, I don't want to like, I don't want to play. Excuse me. Then then yeah. they don't like it. So you can't make them like playing if they don't want to. Especially with a working dog, they don't like playing. My dog hates it. Would would never like just won't play. But they're not supposed okay. to. They're not supposed to play. They'd get in trouble if they played. So it's th- that's why we have working dogs. So again, like you said, I think in the beginning of our conversation is you have a working dog and you're trying to make it a house pet and it's hard. Yep, it's going to be hard. It's like taking a fish and just telling them not to swim. It's going to take you some time for the dog to acclimate. That doesn't mean that they can't play. And that doesn't even mean that they don't want to. But if, if other dogs are playing and she's making the decision to just chill, that's fine. Like I wouldn't have any yeah, problems with that. That's what I figured too. I think she wants to play, she'll play. And if she's just going to, I mean, she, she'll go out and play with the owner after all the, uh, after all the other dogs are put away for the evening. Yeah. The owner goes back, the owner goes and gets her outside and plays with her. Um, which is fine. I think for me, I don't, not worried about that too much. Um, so what, what, what type of services do you provide hands on that? Do you think that our dog would benefit from? Well, I do my out-of-state package, so we do private training on a weekend at my facility, and then we do training where I go to people's houses, and um, early next year, so in a couple months, we're also doing an online training course, which allows me to actually look at the training that you're doing with your dog and submit it and then go through it weekly, so it's for people who live from afar or whatever. So it's it's just like the first of its kind that's coming next year. But other than that, nothing, this is, yeah. So those are my options of me training with me physically. Yeah. I think I am. I think she is so afraid of new places that I don't know how I'd get her to go to the bathroom if I had to spend the night someplace new. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. She, she doesn't, she only uses our yard when I take her on the few times that she's gone for a walk. She's never done anything outside our yard. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Thing, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, um, like, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe the online course in the future will be good because we're, we're literally just it's, – it's like school. So you'll submit all your stuff. Um, we're doing it for dog owners and trainers. You submit all your stuff, and then we're going to go through – just like college – I'm going to go through all of my expertise on okay. yeah, how, you know, what you're doing and, and how you should be doing it um, and really critiquing everything that you do and making sure that you're making, you know, you have the right equipment, you're saying the right things, your body's in the right motion. It's, it's like I'm in front of you, but we're just working from afar weekly. And um, she sits on command extremely well. And mm-hmm. sometimes even with just a look, she'll sit down. How do, how do you go from sitting down to laying down? I've tried I've tried everything that I've done with other dogs. <laughs> and you she, mean teaching her down? Trying to teach her to down. Yeah, I'm trying to teach her down. Yeah. So the down, so like, that's why the down isn't in my, that's why the down in my, isn't in my like core thing. Because sometimes okay. it takes dogs two months to do, two weeks. Sometimes it takes dogs two minutes, but... I think just putting a dog into a, a down is it just takes it, it's luring so that if the dog's motive these are all things that are really helpful to do when the dog is young and they're super hungry for something and you can lure them into position without using any pressure or anything. Um, so that's that's that is I think you've missed that like really great opportunity, but okay. um, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, but again, like you have to look at the pleasure over pain is like. If you can get your dog to down, how much is it going to change your everyday life? Because you're working so hard on it and it's getting so frustrating. If you have it, like, what is it going to actually do for you? So sometimes it's just not worth it. It's just you're 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 
you're putting yourself through too much to get something that you really don't need. Okay. And what about the stay command? I really think that one is, oh, yeah, um, this, she, she's yeah. got, she's slowly, slowly, slowly learning that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The stay is super easy. Um, you start, uh, I think, <laughs> I, yeah, you, the stay usually takes like a day or two. Um, I, oh. I, I go over that in my, um, in my core, in my pup, in my Kickstarter course, which goes over all the fundamental fun, fundamentals that I think every dog should have. But what it does is, um, you, you, I think a lot of people just make the mistake of biting off more than they can chew. So they put the dog into a stay and they turn their back and drop the leash and walk away. So really when you're doing the stay, it's super, super simple. It's a very easy threshold. You put the dog into a sit and then a stay, you hold the leash, you stand in front of them, you wait three to five seconds, and then you break the dog with your body and your verbal. So you say break and then you move away. And then you say, yay, good say. And then you put him back into a sit stay. And then you just keep doing that. And then you're building out the three D's, which is distance, distraction, and duration. Uh, and that's, that's how you build the, the sit stays. And, uh, yeah, I guess I've been doing it without the leash. I've been doing it. Um, yep. So you're, you're, you're just doing it advanced. Everyone does that. That's in, that's, that's okay. what everyone does is they, they say, <laughs> okay. Hey, my, my dog doesn't know this behavior, but for some reason they're not doing it advanced. So it's like a level three when you ha when your dog doesn't even know it, not even on a level okay. one, your dog just doesn't know it. So it, it yeah. misses the opportunity to time the pressure when the dog gets out of the stay. And that's the exact reason why animals learn certain things is you're like, nope, not yet. Okay, break. Now you can. So you're just putting the dog back, you're putting the dog back, you're putting the dog back and you'll do that forever. And the dog probably will never get stay if you do it that way. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the basics. Yeah. That's an easy, that's an easy fix. Yeah. Yeah. That one is. And then, um, um, she, she has no problem jumping in back of the car to go for rides. But mm -hmm. then when we start, when we start down the driveway, she starts panting, like she's going to, you know, she pants the whole way to where we're going. And then as soon as I turn around to come home, for some reason, she knows we're going home, and she stops panting. You, you think that's? I think she's just nervous. I think the more you, yeah, the more you get her out, the better she's going to be. But again, like it's the same thing. You're getting a dog that has never been. You're taking a dog that's been in a backyard for four years or whatever, and then you're sticking it out into public or whatever, and that's yeah. just going to be nerve wracking for them. Because they didn't know that that life even they didn't even know that that world existed. Well, she was always put into a van in a crate, and the crate was covered. Exactly. I've rescued all of my dogs, and I asked the same question that I asked my other people that I'm rescuing a dog from, but I did not ask questions that were fundamental, like, is she housebroken? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Does she like to go for walks? Because yeah, I just assumed that a two-year-old dog is already housebroken and likes to go for walks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> excuse me, I'm getting over cold. Um Okay, that was basically where on my, those were my notes that I had. Um, so I will try this new technique to getting her to walk. Um, maybe she's like your dog. She doesn't want to walk. Yeah, just, I, but, but again, like the, the key point there is she will walk though. If I'm like, no, let's heal. She's like, okay. So that's what I really want you to get over that hump with her is just don't give her the option. I, I don't want this to sound like, I'm not saying drag her and I'm not saying like, oh, you're going to have to do this. Like I'm going to drag, like, it's just, if you give her the option to stay in a comfortable position instead of go with you, it's, it's, it's just something that you have to be able to find the most um, balanced, fair way to say, no, we're going to go into motion and then make it really enjoyable for her. But if you give her the opportunity to put on the brakes and say, hey, I'm not going to do anything, then she will do that. So you just, again, like I think if, if I got her, I'd put a 20 foot, 15 foot long line on her. I'd probably just use like a small little slip leash, slip collar, and I would just give her a couple of pops to move forward and she'd jump into position and you'd say, holy crap, it's a miracle. It's not a miracle. It's just every, <laughs> every time that you asked her to do something before she said no, and you haven't, you haven't really been able to use any leverage to kind of push her into a position that's going to set her up for success. She's just, she said, no, she's like, I, I don't know this world. I don't want to be in this world or, and, or I'd rather be out back chasing the white ghost on the string. And you just have to 
say like, hey, I get it. We're going to do that later. But right now you're going to walk with me just like my dog. Like, again, if I go outside, she's going to be getting the Frisbee. She can be getting the ball. And maybe I get the baby stroller. I'm like, heel. She's like, oh, okay. And then we go for heel and she comes back. I break her. She runs all the way home, grabs a Frisbee and meets me halfway. So it's it's what she wants to do and what you want her to do are completely separate things. And you have to find that really fair, empathetic, uh, obviously humane way in between to make it like, I know you don't want to walk because it's new and you'd rather play, but you're a dog and you need exposure and you need confidence and you need to see these things in order to not be fearful if that's where it's coming from. And right now when she puts on the brakes, you have no leverage at all. You have no say in the conversation at all. Which is why I pick her up and I turn her around and exactly tell her let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you just have to, but that's the difference is if you use your leash pressure she will she will mentally and physically make the decision to work with you. So when you say leash pressure, Tom, and I have this slip collar on her. Yep. Uh, the, the slip lead. And we start, everything is loose. Right? Sits down. Yep. And faces the house. She'll face the house or I'll, I'll take her to a new place. I'll just take her into the forest, uh-huh. um, into, into the state park. Um, I'm going to, give it a tug and or am i just going to slowly apply the pressure um it's more just like in and out pops so it's like playing tug of war in out in out you're not having constant pressure so do i do that two or three times do i do that two or three times while she's sitting and then i let go and i walk away and and she'll come towards me no you're you're just trying to give her you're trying to give her that that continual pop 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 um, okay. until she moves forward, really, because uh, that's that's what it, you're kind of annoying her. It's it's negative reinforcement, essentially. So you're giving her pressure okay. until she moves forward, and then the pressure shuts off. You're taking that away. So it'd okay, be like, so, yeah. So yep. she sits. We walk. Leash is loose. She sits. I go pop, pop. I go pop. Yeah, you just, you, you, yeah, you give her these little in and out pops to kind of momentumly move her forward. Or do I give her the pop pop, so to speak, while we're walking the whole time, like I used to do with my other dogs to get them to heal? Well, the only t- well, there's two things: is the dog has to know the heel before we correct before we do anything. So, but if you're if you just want your dog to walk with you and not be in a heel, because those are two separate things, then you would yeah. ju- you would just use that continual pressure because. If you're if you want your dog to heal right next to you in a certain position and the dog doesn't know heal, you'll be popping the entire walk because they don't know what you want. Period. But if yeah, you want I your want walk. yeah, if you want her to just walk with you and she's putting on the brakes, then you would give her these little clink 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 in out in out in out in out. The leash the le- the leash is loose and then taut and then loose and then taut and then loose and then taut. Just kind of like snapping it this way and that'll move her forward. And that's what like a correction is. What's that? I do that while we're while we are walking. The only time you're sitting? doing that is when she's sitting. Yeah, if you're correcting her while you're okay. walking, she'll get very conflicted. Because the only That's time you're adding okay. pressure to her is when she's doing something she shouldn't. Right. Ever. Okay. Like so, if uh-huh. if she's in if she's walking with you and you're adding pressure, then then you'll be really screwed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And um, do you think that different dogs have different attention spans? Yes. And that she may be one that only has a 30-minute attention span? Well, I think she gets bored. She's such a high-caliber dog. The answer is yes. I mean, every dog has. It's not attention span. I think it's just seriousness to do certain things. Like you'll get a pet, and they'll, they literally are a pet. They lay on the couch with the kids, they take a nap, they lay by the fire, they are just there because they're great companions. They're not really there to do anything else, right? We love them, we go for a walk, we go for a hike, and they're dogs, that's great. But when you get a working dog, it's a completely different picture. So um, it, it's it's different. So I think the attention, like the breed, the breed is going to specify that as well. Yeah, but my other four would go for walks for two or three hours with no problem. When did you get the other four? I got them uh, one at nine months and the other ones between two and three years old. But they but they were family pets. There you go. Yeah, they, they weren't abu- – they were just – the family yeah. just couldn't keep them. Completely different. So, so they, yeah. they all grew up being yeah. the dogs that you want them to be. 
So when you took the yeah. leash, there was no difference. But no, the dog you have now was never exposed to the pet life that you want this dog to fall under, which is why you're getting so much pushback. So they're com- it's water and oil. They completely don't correlate at all. Do you think it's do you, um, uh, do you think I will see improvement with consistency? Yeah, of course. With her, or do you think I'm, I'm well, fighting an uphill battle? Well, I think you're all of it. Yes, <laughs> I think I think you're fighting an uphill battle because again, you're going uh, you're going with years of this is your job, and dogs love jobs and dogs love routines. And now you're like, now we're not doing that, and they're like, uh, what do you want me to do then? But uh, my other the other caveat to that is is you're also you also have to do all the right things. I have so many people in the members club and you know, just people online that are like, I've been doing it and doing it. And if you're doing something for six months and it's, you're not getting improvements, you're not doing it right because you should see drastic improvements pretty quickly. And so that's the caveat is, yeah, if you're doing it right, you're going to see results. But again, if you're sitting there with a harness or a martingale and talking to the dog and facing the dog and trying to drag them around, you're, you'll never get anywhere. So you just have to make sure that that's, that's, that's been the, um, the only challenging thing with doing these online consultings and that's why we we're making like the online academy so i can see and hear exactly what you're doing um to really help you so it's kind of a hybrid blend so um the answer is yes you should be able to see changes but again it's you got to be doing all the right things okay well i've got her and she's learned to sit she's learned to go outside when she needs to go outside she's pretty well behaved yeah, you I know, think you're on the so right track. Yeah, for sure. She is teachable. She's um takes a lot of patience. Yeah. This one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And you're just you're you're going against all of the time that your dog did you know other things. You're going against all, that whole routine. And um it's just going to take time and, and and like I said, I think that with time, consistency and patience and doing the right things, you'll see change for sure. We will try. Uh, is do you think it's better just to have um, me walk her alone, or mix it up with other dogs and other people? Like I've got a friend that brings their dog over, and we go for walks maybe once every other week. Yeah, I think I think that would only help. To be honest, like, hey, monkey see, monkey do. We're moving. You're not. Let's go. That's what yeah. I would say. Because um, I think like and that kind of goes back to the playing with other dogs too. Some dogs like other dogs. Some dogs like dogs they know. Some dogs like one or two dogs. But when you get like a bunch of them together, or maybe they don't know each other, it can be a little overwhelming. So if you can get another like pretty neutral, hey, confident, we're going to move forward. We're all walking together. I think that'll only help, honestly. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mix that up then. And do you think it's important to go to the same place all the time or mix it up? Um, I try to mix it up. But, but again, I think like your mentality should be, it doesn't really matter where you go. It should be my dog's going with me and she's just got to trust me in that, in that process. And I think as you develop and get better with her, with doing obedience and teaching her different things and all this stuff, she's going to keep developing a tighter relationship with you with trust. And I, you know, I would encourage you to just go to as many places as you can and randomize it. So she's, she, cause I think once she, cause you, cause then you'll do the same thing. You bring on the same walk. She may get comfortable and you want to take a left instead of a right. She does the same thing that you're already in now. This is different. I don't want to do it. So I think the more you change it up, the more confidence and just let her know, Hey, it's you and me. We're out. We're doing this together. Don't worry about anything else. I got you. And that's where that confidence comes in naturally. She's following you. She trusts you. You've done it a hundred times. She's like, yep, we're all good. Yeah, yesterday was the first time she came to find me in the house, which I was surprised. Normally she just lays on her bed if I go do something, but yesterday after about an hour she came upstairs, which was, you know, a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. She just hangs out by herself. But All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast, and the first question comes from D, Off Leash Life, five-star review, best dog training podcast around. Um, Cool. So the question is, is I've been working with Zola on the e-collar. We are not 100% with recall outside of the yard, but when she's on a 100-foot lead, but we are headed there. She does play, sit, heel, and wait with the e-collar almost 100% of the time in the yard with distractions off leash in our morning walks. I use the e-collar when she's on leash. My question is, is how do I teach her boundaries if I want to take her for a walk on a trail or in her town when she is off leash? I see so many people who walk their dogs off leash and their dog stays between 25 to feet of them. 
Um, and that's, uh, you want to get that hundred percent. So I know that you say dogs in front of you a lot will, will walk and that's totally fine. She can explore. Um, thank you again for this podcast. So, um, I, I would, I would say that honestly, a lot of that checking in stuff is a very natural thing that dogs will do. And they're checking in with the handler. They're trying to figure out like where they're at, making sure they're not going too far. So I would just kind of do this verbal, like, uh, uh-uh, like check in. And to be honest, like once you start using the remote collar and you start taking advantage of its benefits, a lot of dogs just behave so well off leash. So we tend to, um, work with dogs on leash all the time. And they're and if we training and we put in the work and we do it right, they're really good off, on leash, right? They're really good listeners. They understand their natural boundaries. They understand thresholds. But of course, once the leash goes away, it's really out of context for them. So they don't really look at it as training. They look at it as run away. So you've already done all the steps to get the dog fully off leash. And so oftentimes, once you let a dog know that your leash is now extended electronically, uh, they typically don't go too far away from you. Um, but again, like depending on the age and the breed of the dog, that also could play a role. So I would just suggest, you know, working on those as working on like, Hey, 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 you know, just kind of verbally letting them know like, Hey, you're a bit too far. Um, and I think that that's something that kind of comes naturally. And I would only be suggesting to do this in fields and, um, in, um, and, and trails and things like that. So, yeah, it's a good question. Thank you so much for your loyal, uh, listening uh weekly and appreciate the the feedback and uh okay we're gonna get into the next one alice and melissa five-star review best educator ever hey tom i have an australian cattle dog who i almost considered rehoming until i found your training help boom means the world to me imagine like this is exactly why i do guys and i say this every single week you guys write into the show and you say tom you saved my dog's life when we were on tour the amount of people that came out hugged me shook my hand and said you saved my dog's life you've helped my career you started my passion career like this means the world to me so i appreciate that feedback uh, i appreciate everything you put into your followers and how much you explain everything in detail just had a quick question on the touch command how do you transfer from touchpad to anything else outside super easy all you're going to do is you're going to get like another touch. So it's going to be something different from the ground. So if you're using a place command, I would go get a towel or a yoga mat or anything. And then you would just get the dog on a leash and just transfer it to the other thing. So you'd say touch and the dog would touch over there. And then when you go outside, you just do the same thing. You say touch and you kind of point at these things. So you condition and sometimes you could do three. You can make like a triangle, two touch pads, and then a third one. And then you just, you diversify your touch pads to different things by pointing and moving in that direction and it's very simple once the dog gets it and they're getting paid and they love it then you just do the exact same thing for outside cool all right next review from laura gel five-star review excellent podcast thank you so much i've been listening for a while and i love your podcast i have a german shepherd mix and a dutch shepherd i've been working on training both using the prong collar and the e-collar for my dutch shepherd my dutchy shepherd is an angel with the e-collar on even with no corrections thank you for all you do thank you so much um, for that. Um, okay. Next one, Haley and Rizzo. Can you explain a little bit about the difference between those two behaviors about correcting? I can't see the full review. I have some friends who dogs corrected the other by sniffing in its personal space. A few moments later, the same dog sniffed again in the personal space and got corrected and it started a fight. Both dogs fully went at it. And when humans intervened, the dogs had to be pulled off of each other. Um, well, I just, I just think that if, there's so many variables into this. I can't answer this question. I'll give you a little insight of what I think you're kind of asking um, because some dogs will correct and it'll never happen again. They learn. Some dogs will correct and then there's a fight. Some dogs will um, not correct and then there's a fight. There's, there's way too many variables of these dogs I don't know and there's not a context I know. So the difference between the two behaviors of a correction versus like an actual fight is a correction is kind of like the rattlesnake, you know, going off and then saying, Hey, okay, is this too much? And then the bite or the nip or like a correction is hard staring. A correction is growling. A correction is showing teeth. So there's five different variables of what a correction looks like. Assertively, a correction is like going after the other dog, putting teeth on the other dog. There's so much uh, that goes into that. But I, I would just say like, if your dog has a tendency and a history of correcting and then pulling and going to the next level, then I wouldn't allow dogs in your dog's personal space because it's not worth it. Um, but again, there's, <laughs> that's probably a two hour conversation with three different contexts and three different environments. And I don't know any of that, but that's just my feedback. I hope that that helps. Adam mama 
teaching out or drop it. My one-year-old German Shepherd has high play drive, loves or play drive. Sorry, loves to chuck it. He brings the ball belt, brings the ball back well and drop it. But as soon as I bend down to get it, he beats me to it like a game. Should I be putting him into a downstairs, sending him into his place? Should I just disengage with him till he leaves it alone? I feel like he knows drop it because he does drop. Um, so basically, the when you're playing chuck it, the dog comes back, drops the ball. When you go down to get it, the dog grabs it. Yeah, I think it is a game. Um, you have to be careful how you react to it. But I would, yes, I would wait for the dog to naturally drop it. And then I would put the dog into a sit. And then I would grab the, the ball and then break. And then what you can do is basically once the dog sits and you go grab the dog, or I'm sorry, the, the ball, you could externally pay the dog with food, have food in a treat pouch. Okay. The, um, balls dropped. You say, sit, you put the chuck it on the ball. The dog is still sitting. You pay the dog externally with something else. Good sit. Yes. So you start teaching the dog to, and then it'll become a routine. The dog comes up, the dog sits, you grab the ball. They think they're getting paid. You can verbally pay them once the food's gone and then throw the ball. But yeah, you'd have to like hard stop because the dog's just saying like, Hey, this is better than this, this little, um, I don't know. This little game is more fun than the actual chuck it. So yeah, that's what I would do is just do that. Do that like little, Hey, sit, pay the dog sitting. Um, and then after that, like pay the dog with some sort of other thing. And, uh, yeah, that's what I would do. All right, you guys, thank you so much. Can't wait for uh, next week's questions. Make sure you guys get into the reviews, help us grow. Uh, we're at 700 reviews. Um, and we love every single listener. So we appreciate you guys so much. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.